The Subcommittee on Indian and Insular Affairs will come to order. Without objection, the Chair is authorized to declare recess of the Subcommittee at any time. The Subcommittee is meeting today to hear testimony on tribal autonomy and energy development, implementation of the Indian Tribal Energy Development and Self-Determination Act. I like that name. <laughs> Under Committee Rule 4F, any oral, oral opening statements at hearings are limited to the chairman and the ranking minority member. I therefore ask unanimous consent that all other members' opening statements to be made part of the hearing record if they are submitted in accordance with Committee Rule 3.0. Without objection, so ordered. I will now recognize myself for an opening statement. This camera's kind of in our way, and I apologize for that. I'll try to fix that next time. Uh, tribes and individual Indians control roughly 56 million acres of land, much of which holds untapped energy and mineral potential. For example, 30% of the coal reserves west of the Mississippi River are found on tribal lands. An additional approximately 44 million acres of land in Alaska are owned in fee simple by Alaska Native corporations, who have also sought to develop mineral and energy resources on those lands. These untapped resources can be a key revenue source for tribes, particularly in rural areas, and can increase the United States supply of energy. And several tribes have chosen to develop those resources for the benefit of their tribes, tribal members, and surrounding communities. However, development of projects on tribal trust lands requires jumping through more hoops, more bureaucracy, and involves more agencies than on any other type of land. We need to change that. A tribe must also go through the Bureau of Indian Affairs as well as any other applicable Department of the Interior agencies and receive approval before any energy project can move forward. This increases costs for developing any projects, surface or subsurface on Indian lands, and impacts private investment opportunities that a tribe may want to pursue. Congress has worked towards easing these restrictions to provide a more even playing field for our tribes. And in 2005, Congress authorized the Tribal Energy Resource Agreements, or TERRAs, as a way to give tribes more autonomy over energy projects on their lands. Once a tribe has established a TERRA, it had it approved by the Department of the Interior, a tribe could enter into energy project agreements with developers without the need for secretarial approval for each project. Yet tribes had more questions than answers after regulations governing the creation of tariffs were finalized, and no tribe has chosen to go through the process to implement one. In an effort to streamline the tariff process as well as benefit other tribal energy goals, Congress passed the Indian Tribal Energy Development and Self-Determination Act amendments in 2018. Despite its passage, issues with the tariff process have remained and no tribe has yet entered into these agreements. Other provisions of the 2018 law were either not fully implemented, like the biomass demonstration project, or not fully taken advantage of, like the extended leasing authority provisions. I look forward to talking with our witnesses as each have dealt with the difficult energy development landscape for tribes. It is important that we hear from the Indian tribes about the barriers, remaining issues, and what future activities they wish to seek to meet energy autonomy. 
as I've said before, expanding the ability of tribes to use their land in ways without needing to come to the government for approval is crucial for furthering self-determination and economic security. Each tribe is uniquely situated within their lands, their culture, and their history. Tribal governments already seek to make the best decisions for their members, for their social, cultural, and economic security. Congress has a responsibility to all Americans to work towards abundant, affordable energy and ensure tribes are able to develop their energy resources as best suits the needs and desires of each community. Energy development on tribal lands is not only beneficial for our tribes, but for the United States as a whole, for each and every one of us. We need an all-of-the-above energy strategy, and I do not think that this can be accomplished without the, the partnership of federally recognized tribes. Thank you to the witnesses for being with us today. I look forward to our discussion, and I look forward to continuing this conversation about what tribal autonomy and energy policy should be in the future. The chair now recognizes the ranking minority member for any statement. Thank you so much, Madam Chair, uh, and good morning to everybody. And yatay uh, bene. And thank you to our witnesses for joining us today. I only know good morning in a few languages, including Navajo. <laughs> the federal government has a trust responsibility to promote tribal self-government and sovereignty of American Indians and Alaska Natives, including their ability to develop their economy and their natural resources. Today's hearing will focus on the need to uphold that responsibility and improve the acts that we just heard about. Right, because we know that the Tribal Autonomy and Energy Development uh, Acts are not working, or else tribes would be using them. And I've worked with tribes for over three decades on both renewable energy and fossil fuel projects. I worked on trying to get one of those tarots written and passed. But throughout those decades, I always heard the same thing. Tribes want and need to be in control of their projects. Everybody's shaking their heads up and down because we know that's a fact. Tribes have incredible opportunities for energy development. And when tribes are in control, we know they do a better job protecting their environment and cultural resources. So an interesting fact, we all know that in this room, Tribes have nearly 7% of the nation's potential for large-scale clean energy projects like solar, wind, and geothermal. We know tribes don't come anywhere near to meeting that potential, but there's no reason they shouldn't. Our job here in Congress is to give tribes the opportunities to realize that potential. Last year, Congress took positive steps to support tribal energy development, particularly through the Inflation Reduction Act. The IRA increased funding for the Tribal Energy Loan Guarantee Program from about $2 billion to $20 billion to support tribal investment in energy-related projects. And unlike the terror, we are seeing tribes take advantage of that funding. It also provided we, tribes access to direct pay tax incentives. As we know, before the IRA, existing tax incentives didn't work for tribes because you're governmental and don't pay those taxes. This change will help tribal energy projects build more quickly and affordably through our existing clean energy programs. The IRA also provided $150 million for the tribal electrification program. 
This program provides tribes with financial and technical assistance for getting zero emission electricity to their homes. I always like to say we need to build that Route 66 of renewable energy so we can transport over the grid what we need to the people who need it. Unfortunately, all of our witnesses today know too well that many tribes continue to face barriers accessing all of our programs and the resources needed for energy development. For example, states receive administrative funding for energy projects, but tribes often don't. Federal agencies have oversight over nearly every significant land transaction on tribal lands, appraisals, leasing, permits, rights of ways, and environmental reviews. Renewable energy developers may find it takes twice as long to develop a project in Indian country than elsewhere. The volume of bureaucratic red tape and lack of coordination deters investment in an energy development, and the chair and I share the concern of addressing that. In 2017, Congress amended the Indian Tribal Energy and Self-Determination Act to provide direction and clarity so tribes could be afforded the same opportunities as states and localities. But did they really help? We still don't have a tribe utilizing the Terra. I think because, in my experience, the Terra sort of replicated all of the bureaucratic red tape that was already in existence. So we need to do more. We need to continue to work on simplification so tribes can take advantage of this. So I truly look forward to hearing from our witnesses. I've worked with several of your tribes on different issues over the years, and I am very curious as to what you think we could do best. But I also want to raise that we are barreling towards a government shutdown right now. I'm going to ask you how a government shutdown will impact an already lengthy process for getting approvals. And once we get past, I hope we don't have it, but once we get past the government shutdown, we know there will be an even bigger backlog. And I'm very concerned about cuts, proposed cuts to the Department of Interior, and will also want to hear your thoughts on whether we should increase funding so that we could get more of these projects approved and what potential cuts would mean to getting your projects approved. With that, I yield back and thank you very much. Thank you. I will now introduce our witnesses for our panel. The Honorable Melvin J. Baker, Chairman, Southern Ute Indian Tribe, Ignacio Colorado. Mr. Cody Dizatel, Executive Director, Confederated Tribes of the Colville Reservation, Nespelum, Washington. Mr. Nicholas Lovesey, Director of Policy, Native American Finance Officers Association, Washington, D.C. Ms. Bitta Becker, Chief Legal Counsel, Office of the President and Vice President, Navajo Nation, Windrow Rock, Arizona. Thank you for being here. We appreciate your willingness to come and talk to us about these extremely important issues. Let me remind the witnesses that under committee rules, they must limit their oral statements to five minutes but their entire statement will appear in the hearing record. To begin your testimony, please press the talk button on the microphone and we use timing lights. When you begin, the light will turn green and when you have one minute left, the light will turn yellow. At the end of five minutes, the light will turn red and I will ask you to please complete your statement. I will also allow all witnesses in the panel to testify before member questioning. The chair now recognizes Chairman Melvin Baker for five minutes. 